See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right thinking, how can life be so nice again? La-da-da-dum, 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 oh, sing it, baby. You're listening to The Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at The Curse NM on Twitter, The Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the beautiful game network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017, the team, here's David and RJ with The Curse Cast. Welcome into the Curse Cast. I'm RJ Montano alongside David Carl. David, what a what a fantastic week it's been. It's been a great week. Uh, New Mexico United played a match against somebody not themselves this week, and we're still undefeated. Still undefeated. And again, it's it's a match that ultimately doesn't matter much. It's preseason, but it's good to see how the guys are gelling together, to see how they play together, and to see kind of maybe a glimpse of what we could see in the regular season. Yeah, and, and to see some uh, names that maybe we don't expect to see having success early. Yeah, so so the match was played against uh, El Paso, El Paso Locomotive. Uh, in El Paso, it was a closed friendly, and the final score, your New Mexico United 4, El Paso Locomotive 1. So a victory... Again, the result not necessarily as important as the play. And because it was a closed friendly, we didn't get to see any of it. There was no live stream. But there was live tweets from, I believe, the club. El Paso Locomotive, yeah. El Paso put out some tweets and the... uh, What's the name of the podcast over there? The Uh, uh, Totally Loco. Something Loco. Something Totally Loco? I think it's Totally Loco. I don't think it's totally okay. No, something like that. We'll figure it out. But anyway, the uh, the eighth notch El Paso Locomotive fan podcast they were tweeting that out. So shout out to them. It'd be helpful if we remembered their name. Sorry about that. But they were updating four one. New Mexico United wins a goal. The first goal was scored by Romeo Parks, his first as a member of New Mexico United. Congratulations, Romeo. Very happy about that. Second goal scored by an own goal off of a cross, a whip in from Chris Weehan, we are told, deflected off of a locomotive defender, so that made it 2-0. Since we weren't there, we could just imagine. I can see Chris Bees flicking in this beautiful pass. Uh, Big not, old not, beard. Not, not pass, but basically... Cross. It was it was it was off. It, he got it in. It was it was perfect. It, it barely brushed against the defender. <laughs> went in. They called it an own goal. We all they know that. Stole a goal from bees. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. We won. And even even the fact that we won doesn't seriously. Matter. But local. he's he's been growing out the beard. I don't know if you saw. Seriously, local. Yeah. Thank you, seriously, local podcast for uh, doing the live tweets. We appreciate that. But uh, I don't know if you noticed. Chris Weehan's been growing out the beard. He looks kind of like Paul Bunyan lately. I don't know if you noticed that. I saw that. Yeah, on Twitter I saw his nice beard. Big, wishy beard. So he doesn't get credit for the goal, but a nice whip in goes in uh, for that. And then your boy Sammy Sergi with two goals. There you go for the rookie. His <laughs> first competitive match against an opponent as a professional soccer player gets two goals. He's on pace to be the most prolific goal scorer in history, in the history of the sport. Yes, yep. yes. Just what a fantastic that start. 
Congratulations, Samson and Sergi. And when you see the list of all-time greatest players in the history of the sport, it's going to be, you know, you've got guys like Diego Maradona up there, Pele, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Lionel Messi, and Samson Sergi. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and not in that order. Sammy's going to be at the top. We shouldn't be surprised. We watched yeah. his highlights. That's right. That's right, and we so we're experts. We watch we watch one highlight tape. We know everything there is to know about Samson. He is Sammy. He is the greatest soccer player who's ever lived, averaging two goals per match in his professional career. Nothing will ever top it. Nothing. Yeah. Congratulations, Sammy. We're it's we are so happy to see you start here with New Mexico United. <laughs> Excuse me, just drink it some made water. You, uh, choke on that one, I guess. Yeah, but to to be to to get a little bit back to kind of what we're focused on here. Sammy had a great match, and I think that goes to show you, RJ, the amount of depth that this club potentially could have this year. You know, you've got guys like Devin Sandoval, you've got guys like Romeo Parks, you've got guys like Amanda Moreno up top, and then you bring in a guy who's fresh out of college, and he scores two goals, which is fantastic. It goes to show you kind of the depth that we have and and shows that we're potentially built for the long haul this year. Your thoughts? Uh, Long haul and the Open Cup. Yeah. I mean, I hate the Open Cup because of what happened last year. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for the Open Cup. I mean, we're going to get these players who, who maybe are not the starters, but can be. And maybe Sam Sammy's trying to fight to get into that starter spot. Yeah, and, and there's a good chance that he could he could work his way into the starting role. We saw we saw what it's happened up there. last season with Brucey, and I believe he he may be on the cusp of of breaking into that starting uh, starting job. But watching Daniel Bruce last season and watching him come into his own, you know, rookie coming into the into the fold, I believe we could see the same thing with with Sammy. And again, it's a very small sample size. It's difficult yeah, I mean, to say. And it's a friendly, who, who, we don't even know who he was playing against. That's the thing. For, for all we know, he could have been playing against El Paso's second team. He could have been playing against players who were playing maybe in a position they weren't typically used to. Maybe Mark Lowry was trying something new with his formations. We don't know the answer to that, but it is great to see a young player fresh out of college Join the club and immediately make an impact like that. Yeah. It's great. And since it was closed, we could just we we all know they had a bunch of uh, was, players we, from FC Waters playing, and, and <laughs> it was uh, and we had four all four of our goals were on bicycle kicks. I don't yeah, know if you know absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah, bicycle kicks uh, that each included a, a midair somersault beforehand. So it was like the second time around when they were spinning. <sighs> yeah, so cool. All four of them, and and of course it was closed. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, looking ahead, New Mexico United with another closed friendly this Wednesday. They're going to be playing in Phoenix. So uh, we go from one team we don't like to one team we really we really don't like. And again, it's going to be a closed friendly. No word yet if. Um, Phoenix has decided to put up a live stream on that. We hope. That would be awesome if they decided to stream it. We we don't know. But close friendly this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday in Phoenix. That's going to be very interesting because this will be the actual first time that the New Mexico United players from last season will get to face uh, probably Santi Moore. Who? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, looking forward to that, and, and <laughs> we're just a few weeks away from the regular season, folks. We're recording this on Thursday night, so that's February 20th. Opening match is the 7th of March, so that's, what, 18 days? 18 days. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Before New Mexico United takes over uh, that little stadium over in Austin. Yeah, Austin, then Tulsa, then we're back at the lab on the 21st. We're home, finally. Finally. And and that's something, we have a special guest tonight. 
Yeah. Kalen Ryden, we're going to ask him about, like, hey, it's going to be your first match here in Albuquerque as a member of New Mexico United. What's what's that going to be like? And he is here, so let's get him in the booth. We'll be right back with more. And uh, an interview with Kalen Ryden, the defensive stalwart, coming up next on the Cursecast. Hey, it's New Mexico United defender David Nadrum, and you're listening to the Cursecast. And welcome back into the Curse Cast, David Carl, RJ Montano. We are joined by a special guest here today, a new defensive stalwart for New Mexico United, a reigning USL Championship champion. That's redundant. Kalen Ryden, welcome in. Thank you so much. Happy to be here, guys. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the show. I, th- I thought you were introducing uh, Frank over here. Yeah, so uh, Frank also in the studio. If you don't know Frank, first of all, what are you doing? Uh, Frank is uh, Jessica Campbell's uh, new puppy. Jess uh, is our friend. Works. F- What's your title, Jess? What is the exact Director title? Director of PR. Director of PR. For New Mexico United, she uh, accompanies the players over here with us when we have them for the she curse. She brings cast. on that long trek up to Rio Rancho. That's mm-hmm. right. And Frank is is joining us as well. Frank is a uh, just a couple weeks old, a labradoodle. Uh, he's adorable. He's golden. Uh, he's fluffy as all heck, and he's whining because I don't think he wants to be here with us. But uh, so if you hear some dog whining in the background, it's Frank. Not me. It's not oh, RJ yes. for once. Not me. <laughs> so, but back to Kaylin. We are super excited to to have you join us. It's really awesome to get you this this early in the season. We had a um, last year. We didn't start till the season had already kicked off. Yeah, podcast, we started late. So, so now we got a preseason show, and and having a couple players on is great. And you especially were one of our favorite signings of the, of the uh, preseason, just because. You just won a championship. The USL <laughs> championship. Come off USL championship. championship said you were a top five signing in the whole league this year. Just oh, saying. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Take that. So, uh, so again, happy to have you here. Excited to have you here. Uh, let's start pretty broadly. What's been your uh, your first impression of the state? You've been here for what about a month? Month and change? Yeah, uh, just a month. Today's the twentieth. I got here January fifteenth or January sixteenth. There so, you go. So literally just in a month. Um, first impressions have been uh, nothing, nothing short of of incredible. Uh, I think scenery wise, uh, it's it's great. Um, uh, I love the mountains. You know, I'm from Oklahoma, so I'm just used to just flat surfaces. Uh, so the scenery, the scenery is beautiful out here. I've been to White Sands already, actually. Nice. Uh, I, I still haven't been to White Sands. <laughs> yeah, that place is incredible. Um, uh, Albuquerque, I'm really enjoying it. Before we started here, I was I was talking to you about uh, you know all the food here. Uh, first impression of the food has been phenomenal. We've we've gone to some good places. The guys have been nice and given me a. I have a long list of little notes on my phone of just all these places, and I still have about twenty more to go. And that's just um, from Devin, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I asked the local guys. So uh, to that end, we're talking about food here. Did you well, did you listen to the Curse Cast last week? Did you have a chance to listen to it? I didn't. Good. Okay. So we're gonna ask you the question. Multiple people asked this on Twitter, and we'll see if you know what the question means: red or green. Oh, green for sure. All right, and yeah. and so you, you you know what the questions and, asking? And I do, and I also too I know what Christmas is as well. Look at this, yes. David Najem, eat your heart out. <laughs> Kalen, Kalen knows this right off the bat. Yeah. So you're a green guy. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. green chili all the way. Okay, all right. Absolutely. All right, that's good. That's good. You're off to a good start. Uh, one for one so far. But uh, so, so the food's been good. Scenery's been great. What about getting kind of into the nitty-gritty with the club? Obviously, you go from a championship season, um, a magical season with, with Monarchs last year, uh, to a club that just started last year, was brand new. Uh, what's the transition been like? What's been new for you? Uh, at first, I, I would say the transition has been really smooth. Uh, you know, Troy and his staff and, and, and the rest of the team, you know, have made the transition very, very easy for me. Um, so, so that aspect has been has been very good. And, and like you said, obviously, New Mexico is, you know, last year was the, was the first year of the club. Um, but uh, a lot of excitement around the club um, and a lot of promise within the club. And that is obviously very attractive for a player like myself for any player, I'm sure if you would ask, if you ask them, you know, from the outside looking in, like, this is a place that, that players want to be at. This is a, you know, a fan base that players want to play in front of. And so New Mexico, very new, but very, very attractive. Uh, and it was definitely a team that was on my, my radar. Um, and I'm happy that we were able to make it work out. That's awesome. And and as far as kind of on the pitch, have you found things have been easy to kind of slide into? What's been kind of how how has it differed from what the way you played or the way you trained, uh, kind of in 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 Salt Lake? Um, I, I wouldn't say there's been too too much of a difference um, in terms of of the training aspect, uh, in terms of like intensity and and similar kind of drills. Um, the the transition uh, from you know Salt Lake to here soccer wise again it's been good and that's been because of Troy and, mm-hmm. and because of the players um, an older group here uh, easier to connect with you know a, a mature group here um, you know guys understand that I'm new I, I'm new to the system and you know have given me time and have players have also coached me as well not just Troy um, and that that's really made the the transition easy um, so yeah. Yeah. Another easy transition for you is the elevation. A lot of the new guys are having a, a, a hard time with that. So last uh, year in Salt Lake kind of helped you out here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yes, two years in Salt Lake. Uh, I don't think you ever really get adjusted to the altitude unless you stay in the altitude all year. Sure. Because, I mean, you know, I, I played in Salt Lake for two years, but I go home for the off season for however long, seven, eight weeks you know, and I'm back in Oklahoma at sea level, and yep. then you come back and you have to you completely get readjusted again. But I feel like uh, since I have been in it and I have adjusted to it, you know, multiple times, I'm um, playing in. I think it was easier for me to to kind of readjust this time. Sure, absolutely. And you mentioned obviously we talked about you played for the Monarchs the last two years. Um, I was looking at your your stats here, and I'm going to go through here. Des Moines Menace in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11 appearances, no goals. 2013 uh, for Midland Odessa Soccers, two appearances, no goals. He had three goals for the Austin Aztecs in 2014. Played for the crew in 2015 and loaned to the Aztecs. Had a goal there. Uh, a goal in 26 appearances for Oklahoma City from 2015 to 2016. One goal in 31 appearances for Jacksonville Armada in 2017. And then <laughs> in 2018-2019, the Monarchs, all of a sudden, eight goals. I actually think it's nine. Is it nine? The Wikipedia well, has your number wrong. Uh, well, I because I, I, I scored in the postseason this last year. Oh, uh, yeah. So I had five in 2018. Knocked out El Paso. We were very thankful then, for that. Yes, yeah. I was very thankful for that yeah. game as well. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I love that goal. It's my favorite yeah. goal you've ever scored. Yeah. Uh, actually, fun fact about that goal. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm a defender, so obviously I'm not bombing forward. I, I'm usually only forward like, on set pieces and stuff. And sure. so 
Uh, I think my professional career, career I have uh, 12 goals. 12. Well, if, let's see. Let's add the one. Yeah, 9, well, 10, 11, 12. Menace. Get you at 15, according to this. Yeah, well, I, the, the menace in, in, in soccer, that was PDL. That was like when I was in college. Gotcha. So I don't, well, starting with the Aztecs uh, in 2015, that's when my professional career started. So sure. I think at, from that point, I think it's 11 or 12. 12. But, yeah, so I've, I've scored 10 headers. And then one with my right foot, and then I'm left-footed, and this last goal against El Paso was my first ever professional goal with my left foot. <laughs> with the actual like, dominant foot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, what, so what, what I was going to ask about that is what changed to, I mean, did you start playing a more aggressive style? Were you bombing forward as a wingback more? What happened there? No, I mean, all of those goals that I scored uh, with the Monarchs were all set pieces. Okay. Uh, it was never like in the run of play. It was never me just like getting forward. I mean, I was a center back, you know, for... You know, playing at the Monarchs, it wasn't like I was just getting the ball and just dribbling six people all over the box. Sure, uh, I'm pretty sure every single one of those goals was was off a set piece. But you also, I, I I've gone back and I've watched a little bit of what you've done. You also send in set pieces relatively frequently too. Is that something that you prefer? Or do you like to kind of get in the mix? Oh no, put me in the mix for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to be. You're certain. a tall guy. Yeah, I don't want to be serving yeah. crosses in, and I want I want crosses coming my way. All right, that's good. <laughs> well, I'm sure Manny Padilla will appreciate that. He's always looking for targets. And and one of the things that I think we really improved on in the off season uh, was bringing in guys with size, kind of a, a mixture of guys with size and. But still footwork, you know, the ability, like, for example, like, I, I, I played soccer at a, obviously a very, very lower, lower level, but, like, I was always size and speed. I never had the footwork. Mm-hmm. Troy's done a really great job of bringing in guys like you and Romeo in particular, the two that come to mind who are guys that have the ability to have some touch but also get some size. So I think that's a, it's a nice improvement over last year. I think it's something that – Devin's always been able to do that, but to have some help with that I think is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one thing last year that I, I, I didn't complain about. But <laughs> I mentioned that we had a lot of really great players but no big guys. And then we go yeah. get – Except uh, yeah, yeah, except for Devin, yeah, 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 and then we go get you, and I've seen some TIFO from uh, Salt Lake that describe yeah. you as a uh, brick shit house, yes, yes. and uh, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about your time up there with the, the fans up there too? I'm yeah, and use years. the word shit house as much as possible, please. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, shout out to the Wasatch Legion. That's the supporters group up there in Salt Lake. We love um, them; they're great. And and just to kind of give you a, a story of the brick shit house and how that came about, um, Nick. Uh, Nick is one of the supporters up there, and and they were asking about like jersey uh, or jersey sizes. They were wanting to order some jerseys, and they were they kind of asked Nick had asked me specifically, you know, like what size do you wear? Like you know, and you know, is large XL or whatever. And I don't remember the exact conversation because it was some time ago over Twitter. But I replied to him. He replied back, and he was like, "Okay, good to know." Uh, oh man, I wish I could remember, but it was something along along the lines of like, "Well, you're built like a brick shit house." <laughs> Um, so you know, something, something. And then that just kind of stuck. And, and I was like, that's the first time anyone's ever called me that. Like, you know, that's, you know, I, I it's like, should like I be that. offended by that? Or and, yeah. Um, and then, well, and actually, if you look up the, like the urban dictionary, it's, it's not like a great term. It's in terms of like football, like it's like a guy who's just big and just like crushes everybody and just crushes the ball. Like it, it doesn't really imply any like technical ability yeah you know what i mean it's just kind of just this big dude that just like runs over people like a goon pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. yeah and then uh, i mean it wasn't much longer i showed up to a game and 
and there's brick shit house with the you know <laughs> painting of me and i mean and and actually he just reached out to me on twitter he's gonna mail it to me and i'm gonna that's gonna be a nice little souvenir to have that's awesome yeah. that's awesome we've got a uh, we've got a couple uh really talented we have several really talented artists mm-hmm. uh they do we've got our, our regular tifo which we do for a lot of the matches but we've got uh these they're two blondes make a tifo is what mm-hmm. they call yeah, themselves and, them. yeah. and they do two poles for mm-hmm. pretty much every match and uh, i wouldn't be surprised if at some point we see a, a kaylin ryan two pole up there which would be pretty cool Hey, I would. I'd be honored. And the two hundred five front row, they do awesome yeah. stuff too. So. Well, yeah, uh, they they showed up to the inner squad with the United's Vision is twenty twenty. With that was the, the two blondes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, with the the trophy as the zeros. That, the trophies that we're going to win this year. Yeah, they they set the uh, set the bar high for Tifos coming out with that <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah, they're awesome. They're excited. So we had a lot of questions for you um, on social media. I'm going to start with uh, Dogface Coop. Dog-faced commie super soldier, um, who said uh, in the second United versus Monarchs match last mm-hmm. season there were six yellows and a red, as well as serious injury to a Monarchs player. It looked like the match official let things get out of control without serious consequence uh, with serious consequences. Uh, what's it like playing when the officiating sucks? And do players or clubs have any recourse? I think in the USL. Uh, don't get yourself in trouble here, and I can I say I can say the officiating sucks. You can't. But when when officiating doesn't go your way, or when there's issues there, how do you handle that? I mean, for me personally, uh, you know, you just have to do your best to not, for one, not let the referee affect you personally and like how you're playing. Or, you know, uh, I, I like to think that I stay pretty composed, even in if there's a what I think is a horrible call. Sure. Um, but you you never want the ref to dictate or change the game. Yeah, of course. Um, and 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 as players, though, we have no control over that. You know what I mean? And and that's what I kind of have to tell myself is like, I'm not the ref here. I I'm not the one blowing the whistle or making the calls. Like he blew the whistle, he made a call, gave it, gave a red, gave a yellow. There's nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? You're um, in control of what you can control. Exactly. Um, and and to his point about you know, is there like repercussions about players or clubs. Yeah, any recourse, yeah. Yeah. I don't think so for players or clubs in that instance, unless the red card is vile and there's obviously a fine or maybe a three-game suspension. But I do, from what I, from the little knowledge that I know about refereeing, they are evaluated after each game. Um, and if you notice, you'll see some referees, you, you may see them refing a USL game on the Saturday, and the next Saturday you see them, oh, they they ref my game last week. Yeah, now they're in the MLS. You see them on TV, so there is kind of some up and down, if you want to call it, call it promo- promotion relegation within the leagues throughout the season for refs because they are evaluated and given a score. Sure, and if they, you know, don't hit a certain score or if they have a low score, like they kind of get bumped down. Yeah, and I don't know if that comes with a pay cut or pay increase between the leagues, but but here's uh, the problem when you're, you're on a scale of one to ten. And you know you got a whole bunch of twos and then one three. It ain't good. <laughs> you know yeah, the, the yeah, three yeah. stays up and the yeah. twos go down. Uh, like I said, we can we can say that all we want because yeah. <laughs> the officiating in the USL is garbage. So what's it like playing in a match like that? That that you, gets out of control. It gets out of control. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to be dirty, but it just gets. I mean, it's the competitive edge, and, and everybody tries to like get that little bit of edge. And and what's it like? Yeah, man, that's a good question. I mean, for me. Again, a game like that, uh, you can tell it's kind of getting ahead. You can tell tackles are getting a bit more aggressive, and mm-hmm. and and you can kind of tell the ref might be losing the game mm-hmm. in terms of just 
you know, losing the control of the teams and stuff because that's his responsibility ultimately is to, you know, keep everybody, you know, in terms of calling fouls. Like if he's not ca- calling fouls, you know, and you see that what I may think is a bad tackle and he didn't call it, well then, okay, I'm going to come in, you know, bad or dirty because he's not calling those things. Right. So it, it, it's it's tough to manage. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of hard for me to really elaborate. I can't really yeah. think yeah. what. Try not to get injured. Yeah. I yeah. mean, That's... you just, like I said, I just have to, I personally just, I, I got to control what I can control. Sure. And you don't want to get caught up in the kind of chaos of a game if you can see it turning. Because yeah. at some point the ref is going to make a decision that could decide the game, whether it's he's had enough of, of these tackles or had enough of verbal abuse. And, you know, I don't want that person to be me. So sure. he's got to stay composed. That makes sense. Uh, Josh Lane, who I think you've probably met, yeah. uh, says, hey, Kalen, big fan. Uh, <laughs> how does New Mexico, uh, the team and the culture specifically, differ from other clubs you've been at in the past? Um, well, first thing that comes to mind is is just the fan base, the community here. Um, and we touched on this before we started recording, but I mean, as an outsider last season looking in, I mean, it was very obvious the, the amount of support and, and just the love and the passion for not only the, the team, but like the city and the state, Mm -hmm. like this, this club was, wasn't just representing the 15,000 that showed up to isotopes. You know they were representing the entire state, and the entire state like bought in yeah. and and is is uh, is all about the club. Um, so so that is the first thing that comes to mind, you know, from that question, and and I don't think there's anything like it. So in terms of differing from other clubs, I mean, I think I truly believe that this place is one of a kind when it comes to its fan base and its community and its its love and passion for for the game, but you know, for for the club. Sure. The supporters group, supporters section, and and the fan base as a whole are built yeah. like a brick shit house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, and to touch a little bit more like on the culture aspect, I don't want to get into too many details about kind of what we talk about as a team. Sure, what of course. Talks about, but you know, again, I've been here about a, a month, and just the meetings that we've had before practice, and the things that we've gone over, and and what's important to you know us as individuals, and how we represent the club. Um, and kind of what our culture is and what it means to us and to the fans. Uh, I mean, Troy does such a good job in really instilling, you know, these kind of responsibilities and standards for, for us as, as a team and individuals. And so that culture aspect within just the, the guys in the locker room um, is, is something that I've never been a part of. That's awesome. Yeah, we have uh, a bunch of questions here asking – uh, a lot of questions. How did the misses feel about the signing party? <laughs> so, um, uh, and to give the story, David, tell us a story. I'll, I'll let the yeah, guy yeah, who okay. was there tell okay. the story. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, um, so I got married on a Saturday, December fourteenth. Um, I believe it was Friday morning. Um, I was on the phone with Troy, and and everything was finalized. And my agent was the one who actually even brought up the idea to me. Uh, so obviously, I'm on the phone with Troy, my agent, you know, Friday, you know, finalizing everything. And my agent says, hey, you know, obviously, ask Jade. You know, she's the boss <laughs> tomorrow. But he was like, I think it'd be really cool if, you know, if you were able to sign your contract on your wedding night, you know. Again, 
Don't feel like you have to do it. Just something I thought of, you know, run it by, you know, the missus. And Talk about the happens. most important night of your life in multiple ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, my wife is amazing. And uh, and I, I went up to her and I said, hey, babe, listen, what do you think about me, you know, also signing my contract, you know, during, during the wedding? Like, not making it, like, a big deal. The night is obviously about you and I, but have a little bit, you know, before we sign the marriage license, just sign my contract, have my agent there, you know, just kind of make it a fun thing. And she was like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, She's a patient and, woman. And a lot yeah. of people, too, were like, oh, no way. She said, uh, no, we can get her on. We can interview her. I promise <laughs> we're you. We're going to do a wag show. She, she, she oh, oh, she'll love that. Yeah. No, she uh, she was 100% in, zero hesitation. Um, and she was like, absolutely. Wow. Know? And uh, so... Yeah, credit to my, so my, you, my incredible wife. You found yourself a keeper there. Absolutely, yeah. I did. <laughs> uh, Alex Mansfield uh, has two what he calls totally unrelated questions on, okay. from Twitter. First, who is the toughest player you've had to defend 1v1 in training during your career? Um, and we can expand that to on the pitch, too, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. And then second, in a center-back partnership with two prominent left footers and you and Justin Schmidt, how do you or Troy decide who plays which side? It's a good question. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go with the first one first. Um, with the first one first. Um, I, I remember reading that earlier, and I've been thinking about that question all day. Who, you know, who has been the toughest opponent in training? Yeah. And I'm not discrediting any of my teammates throughout the years, but I really couldn't think of one person who I was just like, oh, man, I just hate a training against that, that you're guy. Just, you're just better than everyone is what yeah, you're no, saying. No, see, that's, <laughs> why, that's what I didn't want to, 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 to happen here. I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I think that I'm just some big-time baller. But I, I've got to give uh, Devin Sandoval some credit. Mm. Um, obviously, I haven't been here long. But, I mean, the guy's an absolute tank. Yep. And he's not easy to move. Um, he's very strong. Um, so the short time that I've been here, I mean, he's the freshest player that's on my mind in sure. terms of going up against um he does not make life easy uh that's for sure um it's that so, combo of, of size and technical skill that we were talking about earlier yeah yeah absolutely um in a game um so my rookie year when i played in columbus uh i played in an international friendly where we hosted valencia oh and at that time um alvaro negredo was yep. their number nine yeah um former man city player. that must have been fun um, yeah he didn't really cause me any problems in terms of his pace, but I mean, just like Devin, though, the guy was a unit, and he, you know, like, just and so so intelligent, so smart. Every touch he took, it was just so clean, so smart. Uh, you know, just so hard to get the ball off of. You know, was was never going to beat me in a hundred yard dash, but just his his soccer smarts and and his ability and and just the strength that he possessed um, made it very very difficult. Uh, to defend against. That's cool. That's cool. It's uh, nice to be able to get a little bit of international uh, flavor in there too. You know, uh, yeah. we've got um, a lot of our USL guys are are domestic here, and and you know haven't had the chance to play a lot of international matches. Yeah. And it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a really cool experience. Uh, but yeah. So and then the second question. Yeah. Um. So no decision is ever mine. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's up to Troy. Um, yeah, it's up to Troy. Um. You know, uh, and uh, first of all, I do think I think a left-footed center back is rare in itself, but then to have two on the team is obviously very rare. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe uh, Schmitty is a better passer of the ball with his right foot than I am. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people joke about lefties only having a left foot, and 
I feel like that's pretty true for me, at least. Uh, my right foot is, I just stand on it, really. Um, so if, if I were to answer that question, uh, I mean, I would probably be staying on the left, and, and, and Schmitty's right foot is, is better than mine, and so he, he, he does feel more, more comfortable on the right side for sure. Um, but again, that decision is not up to me. Sure. Uh, it, well, I see. It, I see it, and we talked a little bit about this on United Weekly on Saturday. I see it as like a back three plus wingbacks, and mm-hmm. you know you've got Manny uh, on the right side and and Josh on the left as wingbacks, and I saw you as kind of the left back, Rashid as the center back, mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm sorry, Justin as the center back and Rashid as the right center back. Mm-hmm. I love that setup. I think yeah, that'd be really nice. Yeah, that was that was how we finished the season with the Monarchs. Was yeah. kind of like a three at the back. Um, I do love that system and. And again, n- not not my decision. Sure, of course. Um, you know, but uh, that may be something that uh, we we might dabble in. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, uh, just going to pivot a little bit. You're you're from Oklahoma, and we know that the other kind of football is king there. It, did you was soccer your first passion? How did how did you get into soccer from Oklahoma? Yeah. So when I so I had two older sisters, um, and they both played soccer. And so when I was growing up, you know, I was the young one. There was always a ball around, mm-hmm. you know, and I was always going to their games. Um, and so, so I, so I played soccer, you know, because my older sisters played soccer, and that was the sport in the house, you okay. know. And there was always a ball around, and so, so that just kind of came natural. Um, never really, I mean, I did kind of dabble in uh, in football. Um, I was a kicker <laughs> in, in middle school. Played some on the field. I was a cornerback, not quarter corner defensive defensive player um and i think i played my seventh and eighth grade year in middle school and then once i got to high school it was just strictly soccer Mm. um i will say though um shout out to norman north high school in norman oklahoma we were very we were a very prominent uh soccer team um we would we did a lot of traveling we traveled out to the east coast um to play in this palmetto cup Um, we were always nationally ranked um we were very successful um and unfortunately and this is just me being greedy, but they got even more <laughs> successful once I left. Yeah. They won like five out of the next seven state championships, <laughs> and they finished like number one in the country multiple times. Um, so <clears throat> football, American football, obviously with OU. I'm a big OU fan. Oh, no. Um, yeah, Boomer Sooner, baby. <sighs> oh, go Mountaineers. Um, and uh, so, yeah, football was obviously more prominent in, in terms of the attention it got in Oklahoma. Um, but uh, so soccer soccer was, wasn't too far behind when I was there. That's nice. That's great. Yeah, and, and I mean that high school Norman North. Yeah, say? Norman North. Yeah, it's a good chance to come see you play uh, in a couple of weeks in here. Tulsa. Yeah, so we fly up to Tulsa. We go to Oklahoma City as well. Yeah, in and, August. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So let's uh, let's get some let's get some fans let's at those get some games. Timberwolves, the mascot Timberwolves. Let's get some T Wolves up there. there we go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Supporting the black and gold. So DJ black and Yellow. Sorry, <clears throat> close enough. <laughs> DJ O on Twitter asks, uh, "You guys just won a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what excites you about this club and this group of guys?" And I, I would, I guess, I would open that up to, do you find it difficult to maybe. Yeah, I know what your answer is going to be on this. I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult to motivate yourself after you've won the title? I mean, that's the um, ultimately the biggest thing you can win at this level. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and I feel like, and again, this is just my assumption. I feel like a lot of people you know, they win a title or win something big, and they kind of like, oh, I won. I kind of get complacent. Easy but to rest that, on your laurels. Yeah. But that that feeling that I had when that final whistle blew in Louisville, I mean unbelievable just 
you just think about all of, you know, it's so cliche, but you just think about all the hard work and everything that you put in. And, you know, there's one team within the season and it's you and, and you're on that team. I mean, there's, as a soccer player, as a professional, I mean, that is the highest possible trophy that I can win, you know, and, 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 and I did it. And, and that feeling was so like, like overwhelming in the best way. But now that I know what that feels like, I want to do that every year. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this is something that I've, I've expressed to the team already as well. And, <clears throat> and, you know, my time with the Monarchs, you know, ended. And, you know, so now this is a new challenge for me and this is a, a new chapter. And, but I have the same mindset and the same, you know, mentality to, to lift a trophy here in Albuquerque. And, and I, and it's because of just that feeling that I had. And I feel like I'm, I'm going to work harder, you know, and, and do things even better than I did last year to, to reciprocate that feeling. Yeah. So it's, it's essentially the opposite of the concerns that one might have about mm-hmm. that. And again, it's not complacency, but it's like, it's almost like you got to get that high again. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, on Facebook, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we had a couple, two people asking very similar questions. Billy Anthony asks, uh, what were your thoughts about United in the crowd when you came and played as an opponent last year at the lab? And Phil Lechman kind of builds on that. He says, last season we handed the Monarchs one of their biggest defeats of the season. Mm-hmm. Then we lost to them through late goals conceded in the second half. Uh, our number one weakness as a squad last year was conceding those late goals. How did the Monarchs dressing room and coaching staff perceive New Mexico United and our strengths and weaknesses on the basis of those two matches? And how does Kalen think uh, things have changed this season with the addition of himself and some other new guys? Okay, a lot there. It's a so, lot, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll go back work to, through to it. the first one about last <clears throat> year's game when I came here in the environment. So yeah, we got slapped up last year 5-1. Yeah, it was great. We, we went up 1-0 early. Yep. Um, and then reality set in. And then, yeah. <laughs> but, I I mean, I remember after each goal, I felt like it just got louder and louder in that place. I mean, it was it was incredible. I mean, and my teammates and I, you know, last season just talking about it, like, I mean, it was it was it was incredible. I mean, even as as an as an opponent, you know, you want to play in a you know a good atmosphere in a good environment, sure. and that's what you're going to get, you know, when you come to to the lab, right? That's the lab. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. That's what we call it. Um, and I mean, yeah, last year you guys scored five on five on us, and and I goal one was loud, goal two was really loud, goal three was even loud. I mean, it, I felt like it just got getting louder and louder, and then even like. At that point, when it was four one five one, you got you know it was it was just so much fun for the fans. So like, everyone was just singing and going crazy. Like you knew the game was over like late in the second half, and everyone, I mean it, the the environment was 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 so awesome. Um, and I can't wait for that environment to be <laughs> to have my back and to be cheering for me, not against me. I wonder if I ever yelled at you directly. I probably did at some yeah, point last year. And a few fans have told me that actually already. They're like, <laughs> I probably yelled at you last year when yeah. you came here. Sorry about that. I'm not I'm not sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, sorry not sorry. I, I don't hear or remember anything yeah. that's yelled at me uh, that's good. in the zone on the field. That's Everyone's a good pretty thing. pretty good at yelling you know, without getting yeah. too personal. Yeah. Uh, I have a question from Aaron Reeder on Facebook. He says uh, 110 yards out from the pin uh the pin is in the back of the green there's a trap in the front which club are you using and which is what is your strongest part of your golf game okay so 110 yards and he said the pin is in the back of the the back of the green trap in the front okay i'll probably use he said trap isn't it trap behind i'm sorry make sure we get that right in front of the trap in front of the green okay so i gotta go over the bunker over the bunker back of the green um i'll probably grip down on a pitching wedge 
grip down on a pitching wedge, not a full swing, and probably just just try and get it right over right over the the uh, the bunker there. And, and since I've got a lot of green to work with, kind of little little bump and run, kind of low trajectory, get it up there and just kind of roll it up to, towards the back of the green, right, right next to the pin. So I'm nodding my head. I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> I do. I know <laughs> nothing about golf. <laughs> and and to, to the second part of the question, I I believe that my short game is is my best part of the game. Oh, and I actually that's... just played a round of golf yesterday. Oh, nice! Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's where he came up with. He, I guess you uh, uh, Instagrammed something oh, at Sandia. Yeah, yeah. We, we played at Sandia. Uh, a fantastic club, too. Oh, yeah, beautiful course, and and especially this time of year, it was in beautiful condition yeah. for for it being <laughs> February. February. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I would say my short game is is the highlight of my golf game. Um, Not many people can say that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm a mess off the tee box. Um, fairway fairway game is eh, kind of hit or miss. But around the greens, I'm I'm pretty solid. That's awesome. So on the and last on the, part of his question, oh, sorry, go oh go ahead. On the on the 14th hole, the one with the clown nose, man, I <laughs> kill it. <laughs> it could get it through the fan every time. Yeah, the windmill. It's awesome. Uh, his his last part of the of his question is, which team are you most pumped to face as a member of uh, of United? Is it Monarchs again? Are you going back the other way? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it, it, it's going to be fun to play against the Monarchs. Um, you know. There will be a lot of new faces, but you know there. There's I got a good, a couple good, good, good friends are still on that team, and it's going to be fun to to compete compete against them and play against them. And it's the same coaching staff, you know. So to see them again, and you know, obviously winning a title, you I mean that's a that's a special bond that that you've got with those coaches and those players. Mm-hmm. And so it, it'll be fun to 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 play to play against them. I think it'll be fun going back to to Salt Lake and playing at Zion's Bank. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Just, you know, I know the Wasatch Legion will, you know, give me shit. As know, they should. But, yeah. but uh, and they've already told me that. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm welcome, you know, I'm welcoming that. That's fine. I've got no problem with that at all. You know, they'll, they'll mess with me for 90 minutes, but after the game, you know, you know, I'll go over and say hi and we'll catch up for a little bit. It, it'll be good. That's exactly what's going to happen when, when Santi comes here. We're going to give yeah. him a ton yeah. of shit and after yeah. the game, we'll give him a hug. Yeah. That's how it's going to be. Maybe. I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple must wins on the schedule just to let you know off the bat. You yeah. know, with Phoenix, there's, there's about 34 El Paso, of them. and then yeah. Reno, Fresno, Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. Everybody on the schedule is a must win yes. in our eyes. But right. yeah, the fans, you, you guys have a different little uh, different bite to you in terms of the schedule. And there's there's opponents that you really want to win against. But when when you were saying there that the, the club you're looking forward to playing against is your old club, I, I just thought about it. You're the only player, new player coming in, who is a West, USL Western Conference player last year. The only player who's going to be playing against his former club. We have players mm-hmm. from the Eastern Conference or players mm-hmm. from like Romeo was in was was in in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, kind of that extra incentive to beat your your old team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, Greg Lucero on Facebook asks if you have a favorite European club um, and uh, who's your favorite athlete growing up. So I do have a favorite European club, and that is Chelsea FC. Oh, God. You're 0 for 2, dude. Uh, hey, Oh, you and You got green. <laughs> What's that? You got green. Got green? Green chili. Green chili. Oh, yeah, there okay. you go. Uh, yeah. One for three. All, all right. Um, no, I've got a really cool story, though, because, you know, everyone always wants to give you shit for whichever club you support. Sure. Like, oh, you were just a fan when they won Champions League in 2012 <laughs> and, you know, all this stuff. But so uh, one of my older sisters, her name is Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And when she was playing club soccer, she had an English coach, and he went <clears throat> he went home for the holidays, you know, one one Christmas, and he had an in with you know the 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 team, you know, Chelsea, the, the the organization, and came back with a Chelsea uh, jersey 
and a Chelsea ball, and the ball was signed by the entire team. Wow. And I don't know exactly what year this was, um, but I was in maybe the like fourth or fifth grade. I, I was very young, but yeah. that was the first time I had ever heard about soccer, you know, like uh, in England or overseas. Sure. You know, so that was the first team I'd ever heard of was Chelsea FC. Right. You know, and so from that point on, that's been my team. I'm trying so. to think of who was there. Like, it's like John Terry was there yeah, around John, that John time. John Terry was there. Um, and, and actually, I remember there was one summer, uh, I remember like doing research and trying to figure out all the signatures and who was who because obviously signatures are impossible to read. Right. Some of them are. Um, and so uh, I, it was pretty tough. It, it, it took a lot of lot of time, and I wasn't very successful, so I kind of gave up. But I still have that ball, and that ball is back home, locked away in storage somewhere. Sure. Um, but I have the, the kit with me, or the, the, the top, and it's actually – it was a kit that was even way before the time I got it. It's actually like a 1991 like Chelsea away kit. Oh wow, it's probably worth it's something. Sick, yeah. It's like uh, like red and white, like argyle, and like the CFC. It's like a CFC logo with like a little lion on it up top. Like it's it's super cool. Sounds super 90s. Yeah, very nice. Like the <laughs> collar has like buttons on it, so you can like button the collar to like the shirt here. Like, oh, it's sick. That's cool. That's cool. I. Uh... Yeah, I, I will forever give you shit for being a, a Chelsea yeah, fan, but that's, that's okay. It's like, it's a, Who it's do you expect- support? Uh, I, we don't want to on Arsenal. It's fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're awful. It's okay. Nobody hates Arsenal more than Arsenal supporters, so it's uh, fine. Absolutely. I host a soccer podcast, and, and I feel like David talking about golf right now because I don't know what the hell you guys were just saying. <laughs> um, so uh, the other part of that question was, did you have a favorite athlete growing up? Well, so – doesn't necessarily well, have to be soccer. Yeah, yeah, I know, um, but it probably will be. Um, it, it's it is going to be John Terry. Yeah, um, just it has to be young Chelsea fan around that generation. It has to be John yeah, Terry, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think though, like other sports. Um, that time, uh, you know, I we just spoke about golf, and you know, I'm a golf fan, and, and my dad played golf. Um, in college and a little bit after college as well. So golf was always around the houses. Um, and that was a pretty pretty big Tiger Woods era mm. when I was growing up. Mm. Um, and a lot of people have you know their view on him now. But, I mean, back in that time, I mean, the guy was exceptional and, and, and really good, a really good athlete and, and very successful. And so I think a lot of people looked up to him. But I, I, remember, I remember a lot of Tiger Woods when I was growing up as well. Yeah, I mean – it's for somebody who has never been into golf like I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was golf, you know. I mean, and I'm sure for people who did watch golf, he was that as well. But an entire generation of people, again, who are either golf fans or not, knew him as the face of golf for an entire generation. So, yeah, I think that's a good shout. I think mm-hmm. it's a good shout. Um, we had, I think, one more question that I have here on Facebook uh, from Javier Obando. He said, uh, when did you first think about playing for New Mexico United? And uh, someone asked kind of a similar question. I'm trying to find it. I think it was from Jacob Terrell. He said, uh, you were close to signing for San Diego. What kind of made the switch there for you? Um, so we'll go to the first one, first question first. Um, so I was out of, con- I was going to be out of contract with the Monarchs coming into this offseason, and you know, just standard conversation with my agent about halfway through the season, kind of a list of top teams, you know, where you know where I wanted to be, and and this was one of them. Um, but Troy and I have 
kind of crossed paths. We've heard that story a lot. Yeah, Every, Troy know. knows everybody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and we've kind of slowly, not slowly, but yeah, slowly like kind of built a just like a little relationship over the years. You know, just like very subtle, like before and after games. You know, hey Troy, like you know, good to see you. How are you? You know, sure. You know, um, but that's been going on for about three three years. Um, uh, Troy was in Charleston. I played in Jacksonville. We played against each other in Open Cup. Um, <clears throat> and there was interest um, to, to, to come to New Mexico before last season. Um, but, you know, the Monarchs had, had picked up picked up my option. And, and so, you know, I stayed put. Um, so, um, officially, New Mexico probably became on my radar uh, probably about the summer of two, the summer of 2019. Before we ever but, played a match. Well, officially, no, no, no. officially, no, no, yeah, it, yeah. No, it was the middle of last season. Sure, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you guys, we were, we were already halfway into the season. Yeah. Um. So, so about that time, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And what was the the uh, the the second portion of that? Oh, let me pull it back up. Um, you were close to signing for San Diego. What kind of made the switch happen? Yeah, I won't get into too many details. Sure. With with what happened there. Um. But yeah, it just you know the the simplest way I'm going to put it is it just kind of kind of fell through. Sure. Um. And once that happened, you know, I kind of obviously became available again, if you will, in terms of a free agent. And so I was back on the phone with with teams who were interested. And um, and this was this is this was the one of the top teams, and and we made it work pretty quickly. So cool. We're lucky to have you. Yeah, excited <laughs> to have you. Extremely excited to be here and happy to be here. And then one of the what we do at the end of every interview, whenever we have a guest on, um, we kind of open up the floor for you. You know, whether it be a coach, a player, or whomever's on, um, to kind of give a shout out, talk to your friends, your family, uh, fans, whoever you want to give a shout out. So the floor is yours, sir. Wow. That's a first. There you go. <laughs> Whatever you want to talk about, the podcast is yours. Yeah. Wow. Man. Hopefully I don't just completely ruin the podcast by not knowing what to say <laughs> here. Um, no, I mean, I think the, the first, the first shout out's got to be, uh, got to be my wife um, and lovely, lovely Jade Ryden. Uh, Wags, Wags don't get a lot of credit uh, for, for a, a, what they, what they go through with, with dating uh a professional soccer player, always on the move. We're always on the road. Um, off seasons can be stressful and and not too exciting at times. And Jade sees me at my worst after losses, and you know, and and, and deals with me. And so, oh, excuse me. You know, so shout out to to, to my wife. Uh, I love you, baby. Thank you for for everything. And uh, and here's to to many more seasons. That's awesome. All right. That's so great. there's that. <laughs> yeah. Also, can I keep going? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, okay. it's it's your time, man. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I'll, I'll give I'll give a shout out to to some of my buddies, uh, Conrad Plua and Jack Blake. Those are those are my some of my closest friends. Uh, uh, I doubt they'll 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 be listening. I don't know. If oh, Jack are, Blake's a big fan of the pod. Yeah. Huge, huge. Hey, fan. Yeah, he, he might be. He writes yeah, in he, almost every episode. He didn't write in for this one. He didn't care about the guest. But yeah, see, see, and that's why they're probably not going to tune in is because I'm on the show. And if they did tune in, they probably already turned it off because they're sick and tired of hearing my voice. 
That's good. That's good. Well, thank you for coming on, Kaylin. We appreciate it. Uh, really looking forward to to what you're going to bring to the club. Um, really excited for the way that, particularly the back line is shaping up. Um, I'm excited for it, and I think RJ, yeah, I speak for all of us. We're we're all really excited for really for fun. year two. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely, anytime. And uh, we'll be right back with more of the Cursecast. Hey, it's Pete Trevisani, and you're listening to The Curse Cast. We're doing it. Welcome back into The Curse Cast. RJ Montano, David Carl here. RJ, we had uh, some exciting stuff happen over the past week or so since we last spoke to the viewers. So, viewers, listeners, this is radio, not television. <laughs> anyway, you, uh, you, you're still kicking back to those days. Uh, let's, let's not. Let's not. But anyway, since we last spoke to the listeners, we had some really good news. What was that good news? RJ? It was really cool because we got to break this news on our new radio show, United Weekly, here on ESPN Radio 1017, <laughs> the T. 11 a.m. to noon every Saturday. <laughs> but our very first show, our very first segment, we got to break some news related to New Mexico United, which Big is news. really awesome. Big news. And that is that the city, the Isotopes, and United have come to an agreement that the Nets are coming down for United matches. Hell yeah, they are. That's awesome. And that was thanks in large part to... You all, the listener. Yes. The, the people, the New Mexico United fans who came out to city council and made their voices heard, who went on social media and made their voices heard. And I think the important thing here, two important things. One is essentially civic engagement. It was really awesome to yeah. see people speak their minds. Uh, the other thing that I thought was really cool was that it was a collaborative effort. You know, with the city of Albuquerque, the administration listened that was the big well, thing. They're going to, I mean, it, they have a great chance to listen when you're civil. Right. And I believe our people, if all the New Mexico United fans that came out to, to support this and talk about this, they were very civil about it. They, they didn't say, F you, isotopes, screw you, city, you're doing this to me. That would be me. so not productive. No, they came and said, hey, this is why we enjoy this. This is what brings part of our family. And they made that emotional connection with the city, with, with the teams, and, and we had progress. And ultimately, city government, state government, whatever you know, you may think of politics or whatever it may be, I would imagine most of the time their goal is to help their citizens and their goal is to make things better. And so when we approach it in this way, we approach it civilly and we let them know, hey, this is how we're feeling. This is how we can improve this. This is how we can work together. I think more often than not, things will go your way. Yes. So huge thank you to to everyone who helped, especially Lawrence Real. Yes. Uh, he was a big proponent of, of New Mexico United from the beginning yes. and helped so much. And he helped uh, break the news on the show last Saturday. Uh, and just everyone involved. You, Mayor so Keller. Crazy. Mayor Keller. Yes. Everyone involved. Thank you so much. We did it. Way to go, New Mexico United supporters. You made that happen. Way so to go. So there's more news coming out, I believe. Yes. Today, when we're recording, I think is today's the last day of the legislative session. I believe it. Yeah, it was today at noon. The legislative session ended. Woohoo! So in that legislative session, there is capital appropriation, uh, which is essentially dollars set aside for capital projects. Capital projects can be anything from, you know, a local park to road work and all kinds of things in between. Among those projects 
was $4.1 million that will go towards the design, planning, and construction of a sports and cultural center, including art exhibits, playing fields, and dining and retail space. You know what that sounds like, RJ? We're going to stadium. Well, that's a little ahead of yourself there, but it's... We're it's, going to stadium. <laughs> essentially, that money is used to go towards the planning and design phase of a stadium. So that means site analysis. We can maybe find out where that stadium is going to be officially. Project funding analysis is essentially studies to make sure this is going to work, which is really an important first step. Mm-hmm. And so this was legislators setting aside dollars. We hope that Governor Lujan Grisham will set aside some dollars. We have uh, reached out to her office and hope that she'll set aside some dollars too. So $4.1 million set aside by the legislature for that purpose, which is really great news. So we're going to have to do what we did with the Nets, just on a much bigger scale, to help us get the rest of that funding from from wherever we need to get it. And I think they could save all that money on on trying to figure out where to put it if they just listen to the curse cast. <laughs> We've already got our opinions on where it should be. I'm a rail yards guy myself. And I'm kind of closer to the old town. So, sure. So between those two spots. Put it right on the, uh, right in the it, middle. Build it right on Civic <laughs> Plaza. Perfect. Uh, well, it's hard to get into to downtown. Yeah, that's my biggest. I issue. hear you. Uh, I hear you. It's tough that's to a, get in. That is a that's viable the, concern. Absolutely. The only reason why my pick is is over off of 12th Street because sure. it's right off the interstate. But you don't know how much I would love to have a, a downtown stadium. How cool! How revitalized Albuquerque would be mm-hmm. with that. It, it'd be so amazing. But yep. this is a beautiful step in the right direction. Yeah, and you know what I like most about it is the way it was described in this capital funding outlay, which is, it didn't say $4.1 million for a soccer stadium. It said $4.1 million that would go toward the design, planning, and construction of a, listen to this, sports and cultural center, including art exhibits, playing fields, and dining and retail space. That's the way it should be described. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not just a soccer stadium. No, it, the soccer stadium is important to us, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. It's a cultural center. If you see these stadiums that are being built right now, they're beautiful stadiums, but being so much more than that in a community like this is is going to mean more to us, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to fill that place. Yeah, uniquely New Mexican. 15,000-seat stadium, start. hopefully. 15,000-seat <laughs> stadium, maybe with a little bit of room to expand if we need it, but 15,000-seat stadium would be fantastic. A lot of the stadiums in the USL are 5,000 seats. Yeah. That happens, five to 7,000. That's not uncommon. So if we can get a 15,000-seat stadium, I think we get 16,000 in it every night. Frankly, we're going to go over capacity all the damn time. So I'm excited about that. Well, I can't wait to see a, a United match and then go see a concert at the same place. And, and an NWSL, NWSL match. NWSL match. And just how much money myself, my family will be pumping into this, yeah. generating for the community. And I am not alone on this. You and this tens to thousands of your friends. So many people. This is so great. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed... I'm sure a lot of the listeners have. It's concert season right now. We're seeing some of the acts that are coming here. I got tickets to go see Foo Fighters the other day. Uh, there are plenty of acts. Boys, Backstreet Boys are coming. Those could potentially be in the future at a stadium like this. It would be yeah, perfect. It would be really great. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a Not really... the Backstreet Boys because they're all old. But... <laughs> That make me feel uh, feel good again. Like, yeah, I'm not that old. Um, so seven o'clock, I need to go home. So let's let's uh, let's pivot a little bit to the upcoming season, RJ. Again, we talked at the beginning of the show a four one win for New Mexico United here in the preseason, but we're only 18 days away from the regular season. We open up in Austin, then Tulsa, then we're at home on the 21st of March against El Paso. 
want to kind of get into the regular season. We're going to do a season preview episode a little bit further down the road. But what are you hopeful for? What are you expecting out of this New Mexico United season? And I want to ask you a little more specifically, maybe not as New Mexico United related, is there a club that you're maybe excited about in the Western Conference other than New Mexico? What are you looking for? Oh, absolutely. My, my I'm excited for Phoenix Rising. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, one team I am excited for is San Diego. Yeah. I really love that market. I really love the team. Mm-hmm. I like how they're doing things. So I'm really excited to see. What did you think about their jersey reveal? I loved it. Did you? Okay. I lo- I've heard a lot of people saying like, oh, that's crap, whatever. No, I don't think but it's But it's crap. a local sponsor yeah. to San Diego. And and the Gargoyle logo yeah, that they have the, just the to go. Jerseys. Oh, my gosh. That rivals us for best jersey in the USL. So I, I really like the, the goalkeeper. Jerseys. I think those were fantastic, especially the green and the purple ones. Those were awesome. Um, I thought that the the kit itself was kind of bland with a great sponsor. I love the Stone Brewery sponsor. I agree with you on that. I think it's perfect. It's very San Diego. I love that. Um, and this that's what people said about our jerseys last year. Some people, some people said, you know, your jersey is a template jersey with a cool sponsor. I didn't agree with that. I just thought it was a great jersey. But I I with San Diego, I thought the jersey was okay, the kit was okay. The kit I really like, the new kit, is the new Tulsa kits. Those are sick. The white the white with the gold and the black with the gold, their rebrand has just gone off without a hitch. I am excited for that. And that's uh, the other team I think I'm most excited for yeah. is the rebranded Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm excited to see what happens there. New ownership. Uh, the whole rebrand was, was pretty good. Yeah. And their fans are top. Top notch. I mean, I haven't actually get to got to meet any of them in person, but yeah. our interactions on social media and just what we see through them, fantastic fans. So Tulsa and San Diego, those are the two teams I'm most excited for this coming season. Yeah, and we, uh, w- I did have the opportunity to meet some of those Tulsa fans last year when we went, and it was just an absolute blast. They are some of my favorite fans in all of American soccer. They just do it the right way. You know, they're mm-hmm. small, but they're mighty. Um, they have good time with it. They don't get too angry about anything. They go and they have fun and they spend time with their friends and they cheer on their club and they cheer their hearts out. Um, those Tulsa people are awesome. As I'm for- excited to go there this season. We, I mean, in You're my family, we're going to go and, and we have some family coming down from Kansas City that are going to meet us there and cheer on New Mexico United. And, I'm, and, and just talking with Kalen now, it'd be great to see all of his family in Oklahoma. Yep. He said it was just an hour drive away. It'd be great to see how many New Mexico United fans we could get there. Yeah, absolutely. So, Go ahead. David, I would ask you the same questions. Okay. Uh, so do you see, well, let's, let's see. What's a team you think is going to do better than expected and a team that's going to do much worse than expected? Okay. A team, I'll start with, I'll start with the positive, a team that's going to do better than expected. I think it's Colorado Springs. Um, I think, you know, they were, they were, had a rough season last year, but they were, they came on a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, I think that the four corners cup in general is going to have four good teams. I wouldn't say I would put Colorado Springs in the playoff picture at this point, but they're going to be, in my opinion, significantly better than they were last year. I agree with you on San Diego and Tulsa. I think those are going to be two good teams. Another team that I think will improve drastically over last year is going to be Charlotte Independence. I think they've made some big upgrades. You know, it was tough to lose Herrera. That was announced today. He made his uh, uh, retirement announcement today. So, But overall, I think they've improved a lot. And uh, I expect them to do well in the Eastern Conference. Birmingham Legion, another one I expect to do well in the Eastern Conference. So some shifting, some moving. As far as a team that I think maybe 
could be potentially a little bit overrated right now. I'm looking at it right now. Da, 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 da. Let's see what comes to mind. So San Antonio is a playoff team on a lot of people's picks early on. I don't think I see that right yeah, now. I don't see and, that either. Yeah, and, and I don't see where they really improved from last year when they weren't a playoff team. Now they barely missed the postseason, thanks in part to New Mexico United getting that 10th mm-hmm. spot. I don't necessarily see where they've improved from last year. Um, so I'd say San Antonio may be a little bit overrated at this point. Okay, and they haven't really done much roster wise. Roster wise, this off season. Sure, I know they've had a lot of their own fans complaining, like, "Hey, announce a dang player." I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. I think San Antonio is getting a little bit of. I don't know where they're getting some of this credit from, maybe from last season, but I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think they're going to finish as high as predicted. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see it either. Again, not a playoff team last year, and, and I don't know necessarily where they have improved. Uh, with Orange County, that's another team where I think they may be a little bit overrated. They did sign, they did sign uh, Sean O'Coley. The I think it was yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday. That's a very good signing, former USL MVP. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I don't necessarily see huge improvements for them. They did. Uh, they were another team that came on toward the end of last season. But I don't want to get too much into the weeds on this stuff. We're going to have a kind of USL season preview situation episode coming up here in a few weeks, and we can get more into detail on yeah, that. And we'll we probably there'll much. be some more signings for different teams and kind of shift around where we think clubs will finish and it'll be cool. I, one other question I had for yeah. you is, is a few teams went to this this season and I don't know why hmm. but they they rebranded their their teams back to the two teams. Yeah. Like, uh, Swope Park for instance. Yeah. They're now Sporting KC K, uh yeah, Sporting KC 2. Bethlehem Steel are now Bethlehem, Philadelphia Union Bethlehem 2. Union Why would they do that? Especially since there's a lot of people who don't like the two teams. Yeah, I think for Yes, you have players, excuse me, players, fans, supporters who don't necessarily like the two-team moniker or two-team logo. At the same time, if you're trying to attract fans who maybe haven't come to your games in the past, they're probably more likely to go to a Philadelphia Union 2 match than they are to a Bethlehem Steel match if the match is going to be played in the same place. Like, if they're both played in Philadelphia, for example... um, or I guess in that case, Camden. If they're both played in Camden, for example, I think the average non-USL fan is going to be more likely to go to a Philadelphia Union 2 match than they are to a Bethlehem Steel match. The Bethlehem Steel name would mean more to the diehard fan, to the the already fan of the club. And frankly, the Steel weren't drawing last year anyway. So and they moved out of Bethlehem and lost all their fans. Mm. So I think the two name, well, I don't necessarily like it, kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's the same thing with Sporting KC. Nobody yep. was going to, to Swope Park. Sure. I don't think anyone's going to go there. I mean, look at, at Timbers 2. They, they don't have a great draw. Sure, uh, but you had the, other teams. You had Atlanta, the op- Atlanta 2 doesn't have a draw. You had the opposite thing, the opposite effect, kind of showing the year before when Seattle 2 became Tacoma Defiance. They completely rebranded, and their attendance numbers jumped up. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a tactical decision, I think, by a particular front office and it's going to maybe be something with the individual regional markets and yeah like that and maybe. i mean in tacoma's to be fair tacoma's 
attendance still wasn't particularly good, but it was better than it was previously as Seattle too. So oh, okay. it's six and one, half dozen of the other, I think, depends upon your market and you gotta do your own market research. I don't necessarily have to like it, but they're not trying to appeal to me. I don't live in Camden or Portland or wherever it may be. We no. got an independent club here. Yep. That's all we care about. That's I like it that way. So anyway, as we mentioned before, we have a Closed friendly coming up this Wednesday in Phoenix against Phoenix Rising. It'll be the first opportunity for New Mexico United to play against that guy who used to play for us. And uh, Sammy Moore or something like that? Yeah, Santi Less, whatever Santi. <laughs> no, we, we wish Santi all the best when he's not playing us. And I hope his team loses every match, but I wish him personally yeah, I hope Santi all the best. scores three goals a match and they lose four to three. <laughs> every single match. Uh, but RJ, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for us here. We've got some people to thank. We do have some people to thank. We want to send out a special thank you to Star Brothers Brewing, located at 5700 San Antonio Drive, I-25 in San Antonio. That's the home of the curse. That's where a lot of uh, a lot of our everything in our history has started. And a huge thank you to Star Brothers. Uh, you guys have been amazing to us. And we are looking forward to season two watch parties. Uh, Hollow Spirits. We've uh, we've had several uh, meetings at Hollow Spirits recently, and that's we were there amazing. last night. Yeah, we had a, a couple different committees, as as we've mentioned before, and in, in our last episode, uh, we've had our committee meetings, kind of of not 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 necessarily meetings, but kind of the people getting on on the same page before they bring this out to the community. pre-meeting meetings pre-meetings yeah uh so thanks to hollowed spirit they're at 1324 first street in downtown albuquerque uh brew lab 101 he uh located at 3301 southern boulevard here in rio rancho uh very close to the albuquerque west side so if you're on the west side and you want to watch party and you don't want to go across the river brew lab 101 on southern in rio rancho very close very fun place delicious ciders i i recommend i'm not a cider drinker so i'll take your word for it i i loved the i like the beer i had there beer was great so let's get out there and support them if you're on the west side uh we also want to say thank you to second street brewery the rufina tap room that's 29 20 rufina street next to meow wolf up in santa fe uh that's our northern new mexico watch party location our southern new mexico watch party location bosky brewing down in las cruces 901 east university boulevard uh we're going to try to get that place rocking we need more new mexico united fans down in las cruces to to start filling up tina's on it tina is on it start filling up bosky brewing company i also want to just say feeling up you said feeling. You meant to say filling up, but you said feeling. We're not Didn't feeling say, them up. We're not feeling you up. Yeah, that's filling. That's up. uncomfortable. We're gonna fill Bosky Brewing's growlers. There you go. Great. Let's continue. <laughs> I just dug. Oh my, I keep digging. man, we're gonna we go. feel them up. Oh no. Uh, Rude Boy Cookies. Oh man, they came out with. I can't remember what it was, but I saw something on Twitter the other day with their their new cookies, and I am excited. Oh. I, so I went over there last week. And I had one of the gold bars. Oh, yeah. Gold bars are great. I, I didn't go to APS. It's a classic. But apparently... That's a thing at APS. APS I wasn't was APS a guy thing. Either. I've never had it, but now I... I mean, I'm glad I didn't go to APS. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but I, I wish I went to You're an APS. You're just offending everybody yeah, today. no kidding. <laughs> uh, that gold bar is amazing, and they have it all the time. So if you want to go get... If you're from... Albuquerque, you went to an APS school and you're nostalgic for one of those gold bars. Rude Boy Cookies is the place to go because it is delicious. Yeah, 
It is. Uh, 115 Harvard Southeast across from UNM and in the Elvado Square at 2500 Central Avenue across from the Albuquerque Aquarium. And if you're drunk late at night on a Friday or Saturday, they're open until 2 a.m. Oh, Go man. get yourself a drunk cookie. Or if you're sober, uh, frankly, up late, you don't have to be yeah. drunk. I mean, and if you're drunk, don't drive. Get yeah, an Uber there. or Uber, get yeah. some cookies, Uber home. Yeah. Stay home, leave your car wherever it is. That's right. Or walk there or whatever. <laughs> Just don't drive. Uh, but do go get some cookies. Absolutely. Uh, we also want to thank House of Soccer, 5220 Eubank Boulevard. I can't wait to go get my new Puma jersey. Uh, I don't know whose name to get this year. Well, you said last week you were thinking about David Najem. David Najem. Yeah. But then we had Kalen Ryden in, and now I've got a new favorite player. And whoever we have next week, <laughs> I'm going to have a new new favorite player. We so. should. I'm going to I'm gonna bring on a random person who's not a player next week and tell you they're a player, and we're going to do an interview, and you'll be like, that. that's that's going to be. I'm not that new to this anymore, <laughs> David. Last year, yeah, would have worked. This yeah. year, I'm just going to have to do the the wheel of doom and, and see whose name pops up. That's fair. But House of Soccer is where you could get those names on those jerseys, 5220 Eubank Boulevard. Uh, we also want to thank ESPN Radio 1017, the team. It's your flagship station for New Mexico United Soccer. You can tune in every Saturday from 11 to noon for United Weekly with David, Carl, and myself as we bring you all the news, analysis, and interviews from around New Mexico United. And you can call in live and be on the radio. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So we give had several call. callers last week. And we want more. Yeah. So this this week, we're going to take callers in that first segment, that last segment. So please give us a call if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you think me and David uh, are, are wrong or right on something, let us know. Yeah, it's just an opportunity for us to chat. I, I really like that format. I wish we could do it on the Curse Cast, but we pre record, obviously. But that's live, live on the radio, yeah, so 11 a.m. to noon on um, 101.7 The Team. Uh, we also want to thank the Beautiful Game Network. You can find the Curse Cast. You can find Seek and Strike now mm-hmm. uh, on, on the BGN. So go to the BGN.FM, USL, MLS, and Premier League podcast. It's your home for great USL content, both written and audio. Absolutely. And they just did kind of a relaunch of the website. It looks really, really great. So go check that out. I also wanted to mention, before we call it quits on this episode, committee meetings are starting up for the first time for your New Mexico United committees. There are several. Three of them scheduled right now. So on this coming Sunday... February 23rd at 1 o'clock, Star Brothers Brewing Community Outreach Committee. Super great, super awesome, led by Brianna and Jake. They're going to be there at 1 o'clock, Star Brothers Brewing. If you're interested in taking part in that, you're welcome to come join. I'll be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, as we mentioned before with these committees, you're not set on a roster. Like You don't have to just do that and you have to be there for every meeting. You can be there some of the time. You can do other committees, stuff like that. So again, this one, Sunday, February 23rd, 1 o'clock. And then the Brand and Identity Committee, that's led by Lindsay Allen, is going to be meeting on Monday at 6.30, also at Star Brothers. So you're welcome to join in there as well. And then two days later, Wednesday, February 26th, Hype Spirit Rowdiness, led by Billy and Mike. It's going to be meeting at 6 o'clock at Hollow Spirits. So get over there. Enjoy. Check out our places, our watch party locations, because these places are so great. Yeah, it's really cool. It's an opportunity to meet some folks, talk about ideas. If you have an idea for some chance for the Hype Spirit Rowdiness Committee, go talk to them. If you have ideas on what we can do to make the stadium better, go talk to them. If you have ideas on how we can make our community better, go talk to the community outreach folks. And if you have ideas on how we can, maybe a new piece of merch, or maybe how we want to work on some branding stuff, the Curse Brand and Identity Committee meeting, 630 
Monday, February 24th, Star Brothers Brewing. Get out there. It's fun. And real quick, another shout out to some bro, man. It's his sweet 16 this weekend. I can't believe he's... Right? That doesn't make any sense. The, The child has a mustache when he was like 14 years old. I think I'll get carded before he would. Seriously. And I look like an old man. <laughs> well, we are old. But shout out, Sombrero Man. Happy birthday. You what kind are... of a 16-year-old has a birthday party at a brewery? A badass 16-year-old. That's what kind of bad. That's what kind. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We love Sombrero Child. Um, he's not man yet. He's not man. Sombrero Child. But anyway, we are we are excited for that as well. We'll all be out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, David, that's the uh, the end of our episode. We'd like to thank the Noms again for the, the great music. Thanks, Noms. And I think this episode's over. All right. Until next time, RJ, somos unidos. We are united. For the taking, the earth is shaking from that groovy quaking. Coming out of this guitar and, and the beat goes on and on and on from day till night. We'll be rocking to the earth and from day. Tonight, we'll be